five things to start a company podcast. Three reasons why you should start a podcast if you're a marketer. Spotify submissions update. I'm going to share that process with you. And we got an audio comment. Well, welcome to the Spreaker Live Show. This is episode 151 for March 28th, 2018. We are back from a, a week break. Um, and But my name is Rob Greenlee. I'm the head of partnerships at VoxNest, Spreaker, and Blog Talk Radio. I know that's a lot of companies to be a head of partnerships with, and it's definitely keeping me busy. So thank you for downloading us or just clicking play anywhere out there on the internets and um, maybe possibly in our Spreaker Live Show app that we have out there as well. It's available on iOS and Android, and we certainly appreciate you listening to wherever you happen to be listening to us. There certainly are a lot of places um, now, even uh, a place like Spotify, of all places that you've probably been used to listening to music on. You can now get our lovely voices here. So I'm joined again by my co-host, Mr. Alex Exum, who's the host of the Exum Experience podcast on Spreaker. He's always diving into controversial topics and trend-setting ideas and um, kind of breaking the, uh, the microphone on a regular basis. He drops the microphone after he has a good, uh, no, anyway. Just, just <laughs> yeah. Alex, welcome to the show. Yeah. I like yeah, that maybe. intro, Rob. That's that's the best intro you've given me, I think, on this show. Of well, course, I think you're. start out with a bang. It's been a couple of weeks since we've done <laughs> well, the Well, ba-boom. Hello. Ba-boom. And yes. I think that you, uh, and thanks for that intro, and hi, folks, and I think that you, uh, you coined that pretty good. We're, uh, you're obviously talking about the Exum experience, right? So you're giving me a plug. Thank you. Of course. But uh, I, I appreciate that. Breaking the microphone. I'm going to, you know, I like that. Yeah, I, I thought you were going to say, I, I'm actually mouthing it on the other end. I was like, he's going to say mold. And then you said microphone. And I said, yeah. It's well, you know, better. that's the cool thing now. And all of the TV commercials that I see is that it's like, you know, you do something really cool and you drop the microphone, right? You know, it's in the yeah. Verizon commercials and all that stuff. And I keep thinking, you know, they must be using the SM58 or something like that, which is indestructible microphone out there. Because uh, most microphones you drop like that, today, you are going to break them. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe that'll be my new thing. I am kind of like the rock star of podcasting. So, yeah, yeah I'll start breaking mics after every show. It'll cost me a bundle. <laughs> They're very expensive. <laughs> actually, I want to pamper my microphones, actually. No, me so. too, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, these are yeah. too expensive to ruin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, especially if you have a really nice one. Yeah. If you have a real cheapy one, I mean, it's always cool, cool to see a, you know, an SM58 with a big dent on the side of the, of the screen at the top. You ever seen those? <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen dented microphones. And, but, you know, I treat mine, I'm sure like you treat yours, like just gold. I mean, I'm so careful with right. it. Uh, I, I keep, dust keep all the everything. dust off oh, yeah. of it. Yeah, exactly. I do. And I only have, and I say this like only, a lot of people would probably like this microphone. It's the Blue Spark microphone. You know, it's the orange one. Go look it up. I hope they still sell them. I know they were pushing another model, the black one at Podcast Movement. But it's a beautiful mic. It sounds fantastic, and I love it. I don't I, – I, I've never – you know, I've had the opportunity to get other microphones. I almost bought one at Podcast Movement, and I said, nah, I love mine. I just – I love it, so – you, people hey, get enough, you know, in love yeah. with their mic. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, you actually really do need to love your mic because you're, you're you're almost like kissing it when you <laughs> talking. You better love your microphone. <laughs> <laughs> it's an intimate because, relationship. Yeah, I mean, 
I don't think we've ever talked about mic technique on the show, and I know it's not in our agenda to talk about, but but uh, some microphones sure. you want to get right up on, and I know other microphones you kind of want to have a little distance from. It just depends on the on, on the microphone, but most dynamic microphones, like typically what we're using for podcasting, and most podcasters use dynamic microphones just because they're they don't pick up a lot of. Um, background noise because oftentimes you're recording in less than optimal kind of recording environments so um so it's better to have a dynamic mic I, a condenser mic uh, is terrific and i spent lots of years using condenser mics to do my nationally syndicated radio show but i had to put up, up a bunch of uh, sound buffering panels all over my walls in order to get that done though <laughs> i don't know if you've had an experience with high-end condenser microphones, Alex, but they are... Uh, well, they I'm are using... No, that the Blue Spark microphone is a condenser microphone, so I am using one, um, And it's, but it's true. Uh, I do get... You'll have people who listen to my show yeah. will notice sometimes that you'll hear birds chirping in the background. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to really be careful. I mean, you can't even touch paper. You can't even... You can't even bump the microphone. Yeah, I mean... It, yeah, it, you can hear everything. Everything. You can hear I everything. I mean, even if you yeah. breathe funny... It's going to pick it up. That is the drawback of this microphone, I will say. I mean, you can do voiceovers with this. The quality is great when you you know use it properly, yeah. but it will pick up everything. You have to aim it away from the road. If a cat meows, you know, if a cricket <laughs> farts, everything. It picks up everything. But I will say this. Yeah. I've um, heard some of the other USB microphones that people use for podcasting, and I'm sorry. I can hear a difference. I can hear a difference oh, in can. just sure. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. So, and some people say, "Oh, there's no difference. It's just as good." Yeah, I'm sorry. No, even when it comes to podcasting, now they'll say you have to have a specific mic, you know, for voiceovers. That may be true, uh, but podcasting, they'll say, "Oh, you're not going to notice a difference. It's going to be in mono, whatever." No, I can hear it. So. Well, it anyway. depends on what your, uh, you know, what the quality of the input is, what your recording environments are, what your output. Uh, if you're recording into Wave, which is a lossless, mm -hmm. lossless format, uh, right. and then it depends on what you do from a sweetening standpoint or a normalization, and then what's your output bitrate? I mean, it's it's really a right. quality. Is it 48 megahertz? Is it uh, 44.1 megahertz? Is it joint stereo? I mean, there's all these configurations that you can have with your audio file, and, and also, what do you compressing it into are you compressing it into a 96k file or 128k file or a 256k mm -hmm. file but for podcasting purposes I, I think going 256 is a little bit overkill honestly because um, mm -hmm. most people don't have earbuds or um, playback speakers that are have the ability to get to that level of quality um, so you know right. if you look at Platforms like like Spreaker, we typically do everything at 128k, which is typical CD quality sound. So, you know, most of the CDs that you get uh, with music on them, at least in the history, uh, you know, lots of people aren't using CDs anymore. But um, that's the typical quality that you would get out of a 128 kilobit file that's properly compressed and recorded at high quality. It's a it's a quality in quality out thing. So. Uh, whatever you record at is going to set your destiny, uh, really, with it. Uh, you can record lossless, but if you have uh, a bad, you know, process of recording, it's going to be reflective in that, no matter what bitrate you have. 
So yeah, and it's going to be a massive file. And the yeah. the speaker, the spreak, tongue tied spreaker. Excuse me, speaker spreaker. It happens. The spreaker. That's the idea. Uh, <laughs> encoding uh, format because you can dump whatever you want, as people know, into spreaker, and it'll correctly format it. It sounds great. I mean, you're not going to notice a difference. And I've done tests. I did a whole show about it. We've talked about it. That the human ear and people like the, the microphones that we're using, the earbuds that they're using, or even the speakers, you're not going to notice a huge difference, right? It, it's not, you know, if, unless you're some audiophile and you've got this amazing headset and equipment and stuff. Um, one other real quick thing. I know we're all over the place. We digress. But I got to say this, Rob, because I did this recently and it made a huge difference in the sound of my podcast. I just mm-hmm. changed the wire. The um, oh, that's right. I think maybe you had mentioned that once. Did I, once before? Yeah. It's oh, I already the, did. It's the XLR wire that comes out. The of your XLR, microphone. and it made yeah, a huge difference because it's yeah. it's the quality of the wire. I bought a really cheap one initially because I just wanted to start recording, and then I said, you know, something's funny. I'm getting some weird hums and stuff, and it made a huge difference. So just it's a cheap. When I say cheap, it might be thirty, forty bucks, right, for a quality wire, but that's not a whole lot. You know, thinking you need to get a new mic. You're spending hundreds of dollars. Yeah. So you might need to just get a wire. You know, your XLR cables are a little, well, little shoddy. Well, if you think about it, I mean, th- those wires are passing electrical current. Um, and if you have a, a, a wire that, that's not properly insulated, um, maybe it's uh, it's made out of aluminum versus copper or or even gold. I mean, some of these are being done. I mean, not solid gold, but um, layered with a gold connector or whatever. So some right. of them gold plated connectors. Go, yeah, yeah, exactly. You can go really high end with this stuff. You can spend a hundred bucks on a cable if you wanted to. It goes crazy, but most of the time you don't really need that. But but yeah, I mean, if you have a high quality microphone, Alex, like what you have there, uh, you can really notice a big difference because you're you're going to pass a cleaner electrical signal to your your mixer. Um, right, which, which could could make a, the difference. It could make a difference. I know. And I should have spoken to you, you know, b- before I tore my entire <laughs> desk recording equipment apart. You know, went crazy pulling wires. It was spaghetti, and just you know, got everything. You know, okay, it might be a hum here. You know, when you start trying to figure out where the yeah. hell this hum's coming from, yeah, yeah. and I couldn't figure it out. Nothing worked, Rob. And it was as simple as changing the flipping wire. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, I wish those, I would have talked to you. Those higher end cables have more insulation on them, so if they happen to be laying against like a power cord or something like that, it's not going to pick up that electrical radiation, which can cause a little bit of a hum. Well, the other the one I had was signal, like a rubber, so. a rubber housing. You know, this one has like a braided canvas housing with these big, thick. It's you know what I mean? Connect too, Alex. <laughs> that way it really it's beautiful <laughs> it looks nice too it looks cool but the other one was just this rubber thing that was probably yeah. conducting heat and i mean it was probably the worst yeah. thing what was this thing where's this piece of junk it's like a live wire or something i still have it here i figured i'd give it to somebody if they needed it but you never know yeah live well, wire especially if it's uh, long thing. yeah i mean it's uh, especially if you have a long wire it can also that can also cause it too so well, the other one was yeah. short. It was like five was or six it? feet. This one's like 20 feet, and it sounds 20 times better. <laughs> I don't get it. Better quality. It's yeah. amazing quality. So anyway, I'm sorry. We're all over here, Rob. I, you know me. You can't yeah. keep me on track. Well, it's all right. We've, we talk about stuff that needs to get talked about. It just doesn't Rain me in, Rob. Rain me in. <laughs> 
So anyway, we're just kind of getting started with the show here, but we've covered like four topics already. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, we live stream this show every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern from SpreakerLiveShow.com. So if you're checking out the show off of iTunes or whatever, you can certainly go to SpreakerLiveShow.com and get all of our archives and, and also um, – uh, listen to the show live on, on, on Wednesdays. So we do this so you can catch us catch us doing this. So we also have available on Amazon Echo Smart Speakers. I don't like to say her name because uh, she will um, shout at me. So Rob, anyway. I have a question about that. Yes. I hate to interject here, yes. but this is important. So do I have to have my users, because Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, don't they all have their different platforms for Alexa? Correct. They have to – because I don't have a smart speaker, so I'm asking because I know you know all this. Do they have to actually – because I have people who do. Do you have to have them – they have to first install the skill. So they would have to say install whichever one they usually use, which they probably already have, right? So well, it's part of um, – yeah, the, there's two ways to add a skill. You can actually just ask Alexa to install a skill or to access a, a, a particular skill. You just call it by name. you know. Well, my OK, so, but my point is yeah. – they probably already have a uh, – most people would have like either Pandora or Spotify or iHeartRadio. I don't know if they would have Spreaker if you follow me. You know what I mean? So instead of me having them install something that they may not have and would only get it for my show, I like to be able to say, well, I'm sure you're on Spotify or iHeartRadio. Oh, yeah, I got that on my Alexa speaker. Well, if you already have it installed, it's easier to just say, okay, so just search uh, or just – I don't know. I don't want to say it, but you know, so-and-so play the XM experience with that. That's the gist. I mean that's all they'd have to do if I'm on their favorite platform, which I am. It's like the Spreaker Live show. We're pretty much on every platform, right? So yeah, that's all they have to do is ask for it. That's true. That's true. So what you say okay. is you say, Alexa, ask Spreaker to play Spreaker Live show or – uh, Alexa, ask Spreaker to play the XM experience. Okay. Or iHeartRadio or TuneIn Play, right? Just whichever one it is. Yeah. Because the point being, whatever they have on their speaker, I want it to be easy for them. Because I was going to put something on my website. I saw someone do this. I thought it was brilliant. A little thing like, you know, a little Alexa logo. And then if they click on it, it just has a little pop-up that tells them what to say and do. But I said, mm-hmm. well, if they, you know, just say your favorite platform. Example, TuneIn, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, and then just say play the XM experience. Okay, got it. I'm sorry. I don't want to make too big of a deal of this, but somebody asked me how I do it, and I said, well, I'll put it on my website, and then I, w- I want to make sure I got the uh, Yeah, actually, the I have it on thing. the, the on homepage skills. for the Spreaker Live show. It's actually right in the, uh, oh, the description of the show. Yeah, it says on on Amazon Alexa, say Alexa, ask oh, her to well, play the Spreaker Live show. Sorry, I don't go to our show very often. That's Okay. <laughs> Okay. okay. Got but it. yeah, right, I mean, Bob. it's a good thing to add too, because you're, it's sometimes hard to know how oh, to, yeah. to speak to Alexa. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm an amateur sure using sure. that term a lot. So I'm probably causing chaos with people listening to our Alexa, Alexa, show. Alexa. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. <laughs> you're so helpful for all those <laughs> listeners out there. You can know um, that. Yes, exactly. But anyway, yeah, so you can get it o- over there and uh, you can get Spreaker on there too. But you're right. I mean, iHeart and, and TuneIn and all those are also um, supporting skills as, as well on those platforms. So, But anyway, let's, let's move on. I uh, want to remind everybody that coming up on uh, April 4th, the Edison Research folks are going to be doing an Infinite Dial presentation webinar again for 
the Canadian version. So if you have an interest in seeing the the Infinite Dial podcast research for Canada, that's coming up at 2 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday, April 4th, and you can find the um, the registration link in the show notes if you have an interest in checking that out. Um, that's presented usually by Tom Webster and John Russo from Triton Digital. They, they wear their tuxedos and do their little presentation to everybody. So you can check that out. And then uh, late next week, I'm going to be down in Las Vegas at the NAB show from April 7th through the 12th. So we may or may not have a show. I'm not quite sure. I think the 7th is, uh, is actually a Friday, Saturday, something like that. And so it may not disrupt our production too much. I won't be able to do it the week of um, April 11th. I guess I will miss miss an episode, so I'll be down there. Um, Spreaker yeah. has a, or Fox Nest has a booth at the NAB show, which is, if you haven't heard what the NAB show, it's the, it's the world's largest um, broadcast uh, media event in the world. Uh, 125,000 people usually attend this, and it's for broadcast uh, TV, radio, and now podcasts. They're, they're doing a podcast pavilion, doing content tracks down there, and uh, I'm all in on that. I've been doing actually going down to that show, doing panels and things like that for this will be the third or fourth year now. So uh, it's becoming a big thing. And then I'm also going to be at the Worldwide Radio Summit uh, in L.A., May 2nd through the 4th, and then um, up at uh, Pod Summit. If you go to podsummit.com up in Canada on May 5th. So those are the upcoming things that are happening. So I'm going to be staying fairly busy, Alex. You got a lot of stuff coming up. I know. So the um, NAB show, Rob, how big is the podcasting s- section of the show this year? Do you know? Uh, it's going to be in the South Hall up on the second floor. Uh, which is a long – it's quite a walk to get down. So they're treating it like the redheaded stepchild of, of course, the entertainment still, industry. Yeah. Yes. Scrum. Scrum. I'm not interested in There's not probably going to be about uh, seven, maybe eight exhibitors on the podcasting side. So it's still in its infancy. Uh, so we're we're getting more connected via um, content there too. So, we're, you know, panels and live stream on the – DNAB uh, show live uh, video stream. There's going to be a podcasting panel that I pulled together with uh, myself, Rob Walsh, Todd Cochran, talking about the podcasting medium to the broadcast industry. So that's going to be the big focus down there is just kind of spreading the word. Um, so it'll be exciting, as usual, stressful, because we have a booth. <laughs> so right, be a, you're gonna be you're gonna be working babe. the whole time. I'm gonna be a booth babe <laughs> for, for, for a few days. Wear your so, pumps, Rob. Yeah, that's right. That's right. In my high heels. Then you'll be what ten feet tall. Yeah, exactly. If I wear high heels, I'll be uh, I'll be right up there with the uh, Shack. So, and Jelly the Green Giant. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But well, let's let's move on and talk about some of our main topics today. You know, uh, I'm going back to the foundation, Alex of. What this show like is that. all about is uh, sharing refresher. ideas. Yes, yeah, it's refresher. a refresher. It's Those that have been listening to this podcast for a long time, I think we've covered some of this stuff to some degree, but sometimes it's good to come back and loop around to the basics, um, and it helps people stay stay focused. But the five things to do to start a company podcast. So and this is really applicable to starting really any podcast, really. It, it doesn't necessarily have to be applicable to starting a company podcast which I'm not exactly sure in the scheme of things what a company podcast really is, that anything different. 
Um, and that's up to you, Alex. Do you have a different vision on what a company podcast is? I, I, I do. Podcast? I, yeah, I do. Actually, any company other, I don't want to say this. How do I say this gently? Because we're an example of this. A lot, not any, but th- there's a quite a few of corporate, let's say corporate. I don't know if, are you corporate? Is this corporate? I don't know. Not really. Well, I don't know. I don't know. But I have no idea. Anyway, there's a lot of corporate, let's say a Coca-Cola <laughs> and IBM. Okay. One of these big guys, right? There's a lot. Those are what we consider corporations. A lot of corporate podcasts that are very dry and boring. I, I'm just sorry. And they pod fade very quickly. I, I'm not going to name any names, but even a few that I've listened to from some uh, bigger companies, let's say. Um, so I think it, it can be it can be tricky, Rob. Like, for example, Coca-Cola, right? I mean, and I don't know if they have a podcast. I don't know why I'm picking on them. I'm just saying that because I've got a Coke here. It's a big name brand. They and I like Coke. Don't worry. It's, a, you know, <laughs> nothing against Coca-Cola. What can you, you know, how, how many shows can you do about Coca-Cola? I guess you have to talk about, you know, what? I mean, what are you going to do? So there's certain businesses, I don't know if they really lend themselves to a quality long-term podcast. Now, if you're going to do a series, sure. But, I mean, I think there are some limits to business podcasts. I think most businesses, um, like most hobbies, have an audience, right? They're like magazines. There's something out there for everybody, but again, I think there's some that find a hard way to do it and sustain it, let's say, over a long time and grow numbers and have people coming back. Now, if it's a podcast like and I'm going to say it and only because I use their service, I like them. There's nothing wrong with them. But Wix had a podcast for a while and they just mm-hmm. pod faded like just all of a sudden overnight they were gone. And I'm like, wait, what was that? A, was this a series they were doing? Was this something they were going to continue to do? And like, they, I liked it. I kind of liked the banter between the hosts and then just poof, it was gone. And you think about it, you know, and you say, well, it's web design. You think they'd have enough to talk about, right? But there's a lot of things going on. Maybe they didn't want to sponsor it anymore. They, they, they wanted to put these resources somewhere else. They had the, they need to spend their money where, wherever, Rob. But I've yeah. seen that happen with quite a few different business podcasts. And I think part of the problem is they're not going over the, some of the stuff we're talking about. They don't treat it like a podcast. They treat it like I'm like trying to sell these people. <laughs> Thank you. You said it better than me. Right. And they're trying to sell you something and it, they're not treating it like a podcast. They're not. I, mean, I think some people are passionate about their jobs, but you could have somebody who works in marketing talk about marketing. It'll sound boring and dry. You could have someone talking about like, you know, whittling sculptures out of soap. I don't know. And it, it's super entertaining because the guy's just so into it, you know, yeah, strangely. Yeah. So well, I think a lot of them are tend to be storytelling podcasts because they're they're focused on building brand and brand is all about telling customer stories. Really, uh, it's trying to relate to people. So I think that that's one thing that could be seen. I know that uh, the General Electric company put out, created a podcast and it had nothing really? to do with GE. It had to do with um Theater of the Mind. It was basically a drama oh. program. And oh, that's then, cool. Uh, and then Starbucks came out with a podcast. Actually, I had some contact with the producer that that produced the the Starbucks podcast, and and she was doing a series on um, on um, what am I going to say? Kind of brand building around telling a story of the roots and the beginnings of the coffee trade and the coffee industry, mm, going okay. back in time and telling telling the story of, of um, how the coffee industry started and and how it developed over the years and all of the drama that went around down in Colombia and and you know really kind of dove into the um, the the roots of the company right the roots right. of the industry and and in some ways we you know we're an example of 
this to some degree too. Right. We, we kind of blend this concept with, um, with uh, on this show of what's happening in the industry, what's going on with, you know, Spreaker and, and, but it's also driving a focus on, you know, driving value to sharing information about processes and, and tips and trying to understand why the whys of podcasting, not just. Well, and we love the yeah. format. Right. So we're, yeah. we're, we, I mean, we love it. And I think that comes through. We're passionate about it. We're constantly trying to grow our shows and we're interested in everything, podcasting and broadcasting and live, whatever you want to call it, live internet radio. And that's what I think you need, Rob. I was thinking about just what you said, work an example of that, but I've heard other shows where you can tell they're, they're you know, <laughs> Somebody in marketing said, hey, podcasting's hot. Go do a podcast. And the marketing guy goes, well, what do I do? And he goes, ah, talk about our business or something. Yeah. It goes on there. You know? yeah. So guess what? We, you know, I don't know. They talk about stock numbers or something. But, and, you know, your eyes cross. And you go, what is this? I've heard a few bad. I don't want to, like, name any names. And I don't listen to them anymore because why would you go back? Yeah. Um, I've worked for companies, I'll be honest, you know, that – that probably might be able to spruce up their podcasting skills, right? Yeah. So yeah. – Anyway, it, it goes it goes both ways. There's some great ones, and there's some that are very dry and and boring. Yeah. I, I think there are. You, you mentioned a good example of theater of the mind. I'd love to hear that one. And the Starbucks one, I think, is great too. Like you see, Starbucks for some reason. When you said Starbucks, I'm like, I'm sure they're going to have a good podcast. I don't know why, but I just assumed they would. You know what yeah. I mean? I, because they're kind of. I, I think they're not afraid to be quirky. And the same things, you know, apply to creating a company podcast to creating really any podcast is, you know, you got to set some goals and figure out what your production style is. And I think that's really, those are the two most important things is figuring out why you're doing it. And, and then also what's your production style? I think the game has been upped a little bit. And I know the panel session that I'm, I'm kind of, um, moderating and and the whole discussion focus um, down at the NAB this year is around what's the anatomy of a podcast hit right so it gets back mm -hmm. to what's the production style what's the what's the content focus uh, are we creating emotions are we helping people become better human beings are we giving useful information to to people to help uh, people improve their lives because you know at the end of the day you know a person has to pick where they spend their time and where they spend their time has to drive some level of value whether it's entertainment whether it's um, knowledge or connection so those are the key things that i think drive people to success in this medium is is you know you have to be clear on what those are and when you produce the content how does that expose those things right plan your topic schedule to some degree but i i would be flexible on that you know like this show i tend to put it together you know in a pretty quick period of time i don't do you know it's not like planned out for months ahead of time um because things change you know you have to be reflective of where we are today to be relevant to people um you can't plan that stuff out too far in the future that's my own experience and i guess that's that can be different with others too. I mean, if you're doing a storytelling podcast that's talking about the history of coffee, right? There's nothing new that's necessarily going to come in that's going to impact that. You need to tell the story that is the history of it, right? Uh, so having that very structured and planned out makes a lot of sense, right? It's like 
it's like doing a podcast chapter by chapter of a book, right? It's already been set in stone. Um, it's just following that track. But if you're yeah. creating con- content like what we're doing here, where we're trying to keep current with what's happening in the market, um, plus help people with tips and trip tips and tricks and things that maybe they, uh, a normal person wouldn't think of because they haven't been doing podcasts for 10 years. Those are the value equations. If I can help a podcaster kind of avoid these pitfalls that I had to experience when I started out, you know, 14 years ago doing this, um, then that's, that's where the value comes in. Uh, hopefully I know. Do you agree with that, Alex? Yeah, absolutely. I haven't obviously been doing this quite as long as you, but one thing, uh, um, that, that I've learned, I don't know if you want to talk about some of the other points that you put here, but we kind of actually just talked about that. You mentioned, um, uh, Ashley from congressional dish, right? No, no, no. Uh, from perspectives, uh, with Ashley Burgess and then the congressional dish is done by a woman. Um, what's her name? Jennifer Rennie. Jennifer, that's her name. Yep. Okay, sorry. Yep. Yeah. But like so th- those are really good examples of people who can just kind of wing it, you know what I mean? And yeah, kind talk, of uh, just just talk do do what's called a solo cast. Uh, right. And and, and yeah. some of it is is like I don't want to say strictly, some of it is a little scripted because they're reading, you know, articles and things like that. But sure. a lot of it like my show is basically impro- improv. It's like improvisation. So that's completely different than doing like a historical type show, right? Like where you have to plan it out for months and months. And I think some people are just are unable to do that. I know myself, I don't know if I could do a show like that where I had to do like this long historic where I had, you know, because there's so much structure there. You'd have to plan out probably four or five shows ahead (laughs) to make sure you do you know, and you have to pull together all the clips if you have sound bites or you have to do some research and be able to Maybe you you're talking to a a you know a testimonial or somebody that um, that was there at that time, and you're getting an interview out of them. You have to slice that in. You know, a lot of the podcasts that are on national public radio, um, you know, like uh, Planet Money or some of these other ones, they produce programs like that where they'll go out and get a sound clip from an expert or somebody like that, and they'll paste it in. I know Jennifer does that with the congressional dish she'll actually pull audio clips from news media or whatever and play that as to give a little depth to the content um and i think that that is a little bit of a trick i used to do that a lot with the radio show that i had in the past and the podcast that my wife and i used to do around um, the boston legal tv show we would actually play sound clips from the actual tv show and then talk about them so uh, so yeah, and I do that too. These layers, yeah. you know, yeah, exactly. And you add these layers that <clears throat> create an, a, you know, a, a deeper audio experience, right? And that's what this is really all about. And and just going back to that, yeah, because I think if you don't pick that, what particular style you're going to use, you know, going ahead, it could be very hard in, in the future. I switched my style, you know, from what when I first started and what it is now. I don't know how how much this show has changed, Rob, since, you know, because I wasn't on it in the beginning. But you tweak the show a little bit. Um, and sometimes, like, I can't imagine, I don't want to keep, you know, going back to them, but, like, uh, Congressional Dish, like, I, I can't really imagine her doing the show with the co-host on that show. You know what I mean? Um, I, I don't know. Like, when you have someone who kind of goes solo most of the time, uh, it, it's hard. Now, this show, I don't really picture doing Spreaker Live show as a solo show. I know you've done some solo shows. Yeah, I have. But... 
you know what I mean? But I don't know. I feel like this is like this is a two person show. And I guess it's just because that's the way it's been for so long. Right. It's just kind of yeah. beaten in your head. If you've ever heard someone who's had um, who's done solo shows and then they have a co-host, sometimes it can sound strange. Yeah. And vice versa. Well, and and I've heard a lot of shows that um, they'll lose audience if they bring oh, in yeah. a co-host. And I've I've advised some shows to um, once you once you built your audience based on a solo show, adding a co-host, you will you probably will lose half your audience. Wow, honestly. you think so? Yeah, I've heard shows that have done that, and and they've started out with like what our format here, and then they'll go to a solo show, and that may or may not work. You know, I mean, right? Yeah, I don't do as well myself as a podcaster doing solo shows. I mean, I can do it, but. I, for some reason, it just doesn't fit with the way I think. So right. it, it doesn't always work. But other people, they thrive in those solo show format. And when you add uh, a second person to it, it, it detracts from their continuity is what it does for the audience. The audience starts to tune into that host, right? Uh, it's like a, say, you know, like a Rush Limbaugh or somebody like that. People tune right. in to hear Rush Limbaugh talk. They don't tune in to hear somebody else talk on that show they tune in him right you're so right there's a guy out here bill handle on kfi in la it's like the biggest radio or a morning radio show and all he's good to get to millions of listeners a morning and he changed recently and when i say recently it's probably about a year now but the morning guy he co-hosted with like at the crack of dawn at 6 a.m and it really changed the show they have this new girl she's fine they don't want to bash her or anything but it's just not the same show this other guy that he worked with bender had this really great like voice from god this really deep voice and he just say he had these wisecracks and bill used to play off him really well he does okay with this other one but it changed the show rob so you're right and I didn't listen for a while because of this new uh, add-on. So it's true. It can totally, totally change the show. You got to be careful. And yeah, that's why I, one, one thing I will say about, um, you know, hosting my own solo show, mm-hmm. I have learned to listen <laughs> by doing this show because I'm used to ranting and nobody can say boo, right? I'm just, I'm just in a room by myself. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just picturing someone sitting across from me. There's nobody there. But with you, like this has helped my other show because I interview people sometimes and bring them on, do phone interviews. Mm-hmm. And I just recently did one with a listener of this show, actually a father who had this whole incident and it's improved my show. I noticed it on my last show. I'm, I have to listen, Rob, because when you're used to just doing a monologue, you pretty much don't come up for air. And then when you have the, you're interviewing someone like I do for my other shows, sometimes I'm talking over them. I've had comments where people like Alex, you know, let the person you're interviewing speak. You know what I mean? So that has helped me do it by doing this show with you, help my other show, you know, and I'm sure, you know, people can probably, my other listeners can probably hear that. Um, So anyway, it works both ways. (laughs) You you know, you have to be able to shut up and listen sometimes. Yeah, I find it painful sometimes for um, solo show hosts to actually do any kind of kind of an interview because sometimes they're not very good at that. I know. I've I've heard it a lot. It kind of, uh, you know, those skill sets kind of ride along with each other. So if you're good at a co-host type of situation, you're probably going to be better as a conversationalist, you know, with another person, right? So, so that's going to to be reflective in your your interviews. It, yeah, no, it be does, it deeper, is because my deeper because you're listening exactly. My, I think that's, yeah, my first interviews were hor- not. I don't want to say horrible. They weren't horrible, but I was. 
you know, doing this. I mean, we sometimes do that on this show, and sometimes I think there's a delay, but sometimes we'll like cut each other off just a little bit, and then we'll oh, go ahead, no, you go ahead, right? That that's nothing, Rob. I mean, I used to just talk right over people. You know what I mean? Not give them a chance to finish finish their words, like really, kind of rude. Like, and I I I, I think I came off as rude when I was just super excited and used to yeah. talking about a topic yeah. on my own. So, anywho, yeah, you get the drill. I I, I'm learning I with you. I'm learning with you. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously get a quality microphone and get a good good place to host your show. And and it's probably still okay to create a website for your for your podcast. I think there, there's a lot of people that debate that topic, um, mm-hmm. but you really need to have a home base for your show. And then just before you start your show, whether it's a company show or, or not, you know, create a little promo episode. I was talking to a couple of um, new shows that are trying to launch here. And I, I keep advising this is create like a 30 second promo episode at the beginning. When you start your show, get your like distribution. A trailer? Yeah, exactly. Get your distribution. Cause a, a lot of these, <clears throat> directories, you know, iTunes and other ones require at least one episode in your feed. And even Spreaker won't even generate an RSS feed for you until you have an episode. So <clears throat> just create like something short that says, this is what the show is going to be about. You know, create a real sizzle piece out of it, right? Make it exciting and something that someone would look forward to and then set a launch date. You know, make sure that that's mentioned in the audio clip as well. And, um, Get that out there and build your distribution. Get on all the listening platforms that you can. Uh, and then when you're ready to launch that first episode, you've got your distribution already established. So uh, it's just a little – I like to, to repeat that advice quite often because a lot of people will think that the best way to go is to produce a bunch of episodes way in advance of launching your show. You know, produce like five episodes. Get them in the can, right? So – um, I advise really not doing that. Um, just start off doing them one at a time. I don't know how people can resist not posting them. That's my whole thing. It's just like they're just sitting there. I just want to post them. <laughs> you know, it's Get just almost like having a gift on Christmas and you're trying not to, you know, go in the closet where mom and dad hid it. And you're like, oh, I don't want to look because I know it's tomorrow, but yeah, I need to take and- a peek. <laughs> And what you might find is after you push out your first episode, you get feedback and you're like going, okay, I need to change some stuff. And if you've already got four more in the can that you made the same mistake. Oh, that's a good point. Guess what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to go back and redo those anyway. So that could be very discouraging. Yeah. So it just depends, you know, on, on that. I mean, if you're really organized, you know what you're doing, then, you know, get them in the can if you, if you want, but I, I kind of advise against it. Um, because you never know after five episodes, you may be doing a completely different show than what you started yeah. with your first one. <laughs> so, yeah. so that kind of cuts that opportunity off for you. So, uh, and then, well, let's, let, let's come on. I didn't go through each of the five things necessarily, but, I, but I think we covered it fairly well. And then the, the three reasons why you start a podcast, if you're a marketer, so let's say you're, you're trying to use a podcast as a as a marketing tool. And I think these kind of do kind of ride together a little bit. So doing a company podcast, you're probably motivated to some degree from your marketing department. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So what's really great about podcasts is that they're, they're adaptable content. So you can, you can um, listen to them. You can create them in a bunch of different situations. You can be flexible on what the topics are, uh, getting them out there, 
uh, in a variety of different ways and different use cases. You know, put them in newsletters, get them out there on your websites. Uh, you know, there's just so many uses for this content. You can actually create articles from them too. So you can transcribe them, uh, put that audio out there as well as written um, based on the content of your podcast. Um, and it can go the other way too. You can have written articles, which are uh, re-pushed out there as uh, audio podcasts too. So you can kind of take that content that you've created. So they're adaptable and multi-use is the, is the great thing about podcast content. And then uh, you can also use the podcast to sway consumers to make um, decisions. Build a bond of trust through sharing and analysis and authenticity and storytelling and tell, tell, tell the story of successful, um, uses of your, of your service or your product, whatever, um, create a storytelling experience. Maybe even invite those people on your program to, to talk about what their experiences were and, and how it benefited them. Um, and hopefully it did benefit them. So, um, and then, Podcast content can be kind of timeless. You know, it, it can live on. It can drive value to you over a long period of time. You know, the, the whole concept of evergreen content, right, that can continuously generate audience for you over the long term. It can save you a lot of money in, in marketing and presentations and stuff like that. I'm actually looking to do that with um, a couple of the products from VoxNest right now. Um, I'm going to create like a video demo of the Dynamo product that uh, we've been talking about that'll help people understand how to how to deploy that and w what the experience is create like a three to five minute kind of video demo of that um, so podcasting can can serve its purposes in a variety of ways and I would you know get involved in some video too so I think it doesn't have to be a podcast but Alex any thoughts on those those yeah. three things you know, I was just thinking about a um, attorney who does a podcast that I started listening to off and on. I, you know, I'm not a regular listener, but when I have legal issues come up and things that I want to look at that have come up in the news and things like that, I'll go check them out. And I thought, I'm like, wow, this is a great example. And I've heard like legal podcasts are kind of like, kind of, I don't know, not, I don't want to say in fashion, but uh, you know, they're, they're in, lawyers and attorneys are interested in it because they see the potential. And I thought it was fantastic because, I mean, I was just thinking of all the different legal questions people have, not when it just comes to what I'm doing and what we're doing, Rob, podcasting, music licensing, you know, defamation of character, slap laws, things like that. But, you know, it might just be trying to start an LLC if you have a business. It might be, you know, having a will or, you know, someone may have died. You have to look up, you know, what happens to the estate, all this kind of stuff. There's a bazillion how-to ideas in that. You know what I mean? You know, yeah. the first, you know, things you should do, you know, when you find out you're getting a divorce or, you know, whatever that are, are like you said, evergreen content, but actually solve a problem because that's what they always say in sales and especially internet marketing. Try to solve a problem, especially, you know, doing a, a YouTube video or something. But we, people don't really apply that to podcasting. And I do that with my um, other show, The XM Experience. I'll say stuff like, you know, why you need a VPN or something like that. You know what I mean? And it's kind of solving a problem that people are looking at and those keywords come up, they Google it and, and you know, boom, you got them. And then hopefully they'll start listening. And I was just thinking as you were going through all those, that's basically what this 
attorney had done and it was a pretty well-produced podcast and he actually was even editing little clips, funny little clips and stuff in there. Yeah, I think this is very good advice. You know, one other thing I would say, and we I know we talk about it all the time, but just make sure whatever you, your topic is going to be, that it's something you really love and you're going to sustain, right? Because that it, yeah. it, it, it never fails that I see pod people fade. and I've pod, not even pod fade now. Now there's another one, Rob. You ready for this? What's that? This is, I came up with this one the other day on one of my shows. Serial starters, serial podcasters, where they start one and drop it and then start another one and drop it. Oh, no, let me do this one and that one. And they have five or six different hosts within a month trying to start new shows. So well, serial podcasters. Yeah. Is that a word? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think you've uh, I think you've come up with a new one there, but uh, one other <laughs> one that's funny too is is uh, one that was recently coined called "Never Podcasters." Uh, the ones that uh, keep kicking the tire and wanting to start a podcast and they actually re- record episodes, but they never publish them because they yes! have confidence in the episodes, yeah. so they don't want to be embarrassed, so they never actually publish the episodes that they produce. So. I, I, think, I think I told you, I, you know, that's a great word. Never podcasters. I think I, t- I spoke about pod it on nevers. the show. Pod never. Pod never. Sorry. Pod never is even better. I spoke about a guy who um, actually started a Kickstarter, Rob. And I almost gave this guy money and started because it was a great idea. I don't want to say it, but he was starting his show and you know, I need a mixer. I need this. I need that. Got the mic. Got it all. And never did this, like, never started. And people were like, oh, like, where's the show? They went to his blog. Like, I don't know if he shut down the Kickstarter, but he got the money. I don't know what happened. But he never did a show. He never did a podcast. His, he was going to turn his blog into a podcast, right? And that's not easier said than done. Yeah. Well, you know, if you set expectations with people out there and, and then you don't deliver on them, yeah, that's that's always kind of a – Kind of a not. Well, they were hammering them. Not yeah. so good of a situation. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if you ever return the money, so you never know. Oh yeah, as far as trying to raise money for the yeah no. Well, I, he got I, money on Kickstarter. Agree. That's why yeah. people yeah people kept asking him. Well, what's we gave money? When's the show start? He kept delaying, delaying, delaying. I don't know. And you know, last I knew it was like seven Damn. eight months later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then every all his blog you know readers hated him, and then just any yeah. everything probably ended. Yeah. Who knew? Hey, I wanted to give a, a Spotify submissions update. I know many of the people listening to this podcast are definitely interested in getting their podcast into Spotify. So we've been working on this for a while at, uh, at Spreaker. There's a whole kind of team that are, it, you know, we pulled together kind of a, a project team to work on Spotify because it's, it's an all-encompassing thing. Um, I, I basically feel like I work full time for Spotify now. So if that tells you anything, oh wow! Um, just, so we've gone through and submitted our second list, uh, of shows to Spotify. So they, they've been with Spotify for probably almost a week now. So hopefully they'll be all showing up, uh, live in the Spotify platform from the second submission list. I'm currently working on the third submission list. So that's uh, being built right now. It's it's already quite large, and that will be pushed out to Spotify probably uh, in end of this week, maybe first part of next week. Um, so we'll be able to get uh, another set of uh, Spreaker podcasters into Spotify. So, and then this team that I was talking about um, on the the Spreaker Voxnest team is working on a new submissions process. That's going to come to the CMS system. So you'll be able to go in just like you can currently today with iHeartRadio and just submit um, to Spotify. And what that will do is that will format the information that needs to be submitted to to me about your show. Uh, and that will go into the back end and that will format a, 
a list for me so I don't have to build it manually like I'm doing right now, line by line. And that'll go to Spotify in a batch file. So that should hopefully happen on a more regular basis so we can get that in there. And eventually Spotify will give us an API where we can automatically submit that stuff over there just like what we're doing with iHeart. So that's the, there's like a three-stage deployment here. It happened pretty quick in my case, so I got to say it didn't take too long. Yeah. Yeah, and in the show notes, you'll see a link to, if you're a Spreaker podcaster and you have a a login account, there is a link that I put in the show notes that you can click on um, that will take you to a page that you click submit to Spotify and it will send you to a, um, like a data gathering process that uh, will send, will format an email to send to me. So I will capture all the information that I need to build that spreadsheet. Um, so, and then I'll get that over to, to Spotify. So that's how that, that, that works. So sending me an email is not the, the ideal way of doing it. Uh, if you're a Spreaker podcast host, um, so using this process is probably a, a better way because what it will do is it'll ask you the basic information that you need to put into the, to the submissions. So Spotify gets all the information, you know, like the, the genre of your show, um, what the title is, what your show page is, what your RSS feed is, uh, what's the language of your podcast. Cause many podcasts on Spreaker are <clears throat> either in Portuguese or Italian or Spanish. So I need to know that <clears throat> those shows, what languages those shows are, uh, as part of that submissions process. So, um, that's, that's really important. And then your email address, which is also really important too. So anyway, that's the update on Spotify. So we're excited to be working with those guys and, and the industry seems to be really excited about what's happening with Spotify. Spotify seems to be accepting, uh, most shows that are submitted over to them. So that's good news. The only ones that they're not are ones that have uh, copyrighted music in them, Alex. <clears throat> Surprise. Well, we knew that was going to happen, but I love the layout of the page that uh, Spotify has for my show, at least. I'm sure it's the same for everybody. Yeah. It's just very clean. It's very nice looking. Yeah. Yep. I'd, I'd love a vanity URL, but that's just me. Of course. Right. Yeah, that would be great. We got a listener comment, um, basically an audio file. So we mm-hmm. wanted to play that from Kyle Wilcox, who sent us an audio comment about uh, Spreaker Search. It's a, it's a little bit of a, uh, not a great critique of uh, Spreaker search, but uh, let's play that for us and uh, for you and uh, we'll comment on it after after that. So let's play that. Hello, Rob and Alex. Uh, my comment, audio comment for the Spreaker live show is about the search on the Spreaker page and it just seems like anything that I put in there, I get results that are really not relevant to anything that's going on. If I search for my podcast, Inside the Rock, I get a whole bunch of things that really have nothing to do with that. And, yeah, I just would love to see the search to be improved greatly on uh, on the homepage there. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Kyle, for the feedback on the uh, search. I, to be totally frank with you, I have the same experience, so there's no surprise here that uh, that others are having that experience as well. So your, your feedback is uh, well-received and appreciated. And it has been forwarded over to the Spreaker team. So hopefully some of those smart developers over there will apply some gray matter to the um, problem here and try and make those search results a little more relevant. I think it's a complex search result situation. 
um, that is going to need to be worked out because we are trying to display um, search results based on users, episodes, and shows. And so what we need to do is kind of separate those out and prioritize them uh, and get a, get a little cleaner on the keywords that are and then really clue in on that a little bit tighter. Um, what makes it a little complicated at times is whether or not we're searching the title of the uh, of the show episode um, or the user, or we're talking about searching the metadata of the episodes as well. So sometimes that can um, cloud the search results. So, but somehow we need to sort that out, produce better results. So, anyway, I appreciate your feedback, Kyle. Keep them coming. Uh, if you want to send an audio comment to us, we'd be more than happy to uh, play that and talk about it. We certainly appreciate it. If you want to send it to Rob at voxnest.com or Rob at Spreaker.com, either one will get to me, and I will share that with Alex, and Alex can um, hear that as well. Yeah, thanks for the comment, Kyle. Yeah. I, I agree with him, as well, by the way. We already, yeah, I agreed. <laughs> agreed, totally. So yeah. we got one other comment that I wanted to share, too, from the Golden Spiral Media uh, podcast. I, or is that a network? I think it's a network. We love you for being, I think you're speaking to me, being a Spotify employee. I've been saying that a lot over the last couple of episodes. And um, it, thanks for making that uh, possible, uh, even if it's one show at a time. I appreciate that, um, Golden Spiral, for the positive reinforcement. <laughs> it's yeah, he's certainly not talk. talking to me. Uh, yeah, Rob, I think we all agree. Thank God you're on that team. So we speaker users can get over there. I love being over there. It's a big yeah. deal. It's kind of a big deal. No, it is. It's a big. It's a big development for the podcasting space um, to have Spotify open the doors like this. I, it's something that the industry has been wanting them to do for a few years now. And they've been a, been a little slow, and now it's happening, and everybody's excited about it. So more legitimacy well. for podcasters. Now we now we're just we're I'm everywhere now, Rob. Everywhere, That's right. everywhere. Why, why get on the radio? What do I care about radio for anymore? I'm everywhere yeah. else. And I'm going to be talking to TuneIn, the folks at TuneIn here this week too, before the end of the week runs out, and hopefully we can get a better submissions process from those folks too. So that's my that's my goal. But can't you already get on TuneIn? Well, you I'm can, on TuneIn. but it's uh, it's a little bit of a Clumsy it's harder. Process. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's so, right. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. So if we can get it closer to what we're doing with Spotify, that would be better. So. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Cool. But anyway, that's uh, that's probably enough for this week. What do you think, Alex? Yeah, I think we gave it enough to chew on. Yeah, we did. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. We appreciate you uh, uh, taking time out of your busy day because we know everybody is busy out there. If you're not podcasting, you're probably working a job or or you're in transit, you're doing something and and or you're at the gym. I we just appreciate you being here with us and and if you have any other comments or feedback for us, you can certainly send that to rob at spreaker.com or rob at voxness and I'm Alex, I believe it's alex at alexxm.com. You got so, it. Yep. And uh, we can certainly uh um, get those comments on, on here as well. We appreciate it. Thank you so much and uh, have a great rest of your week. 